Hello, brothers and sisters. It's going to be my last week ministering uh, before Christmas. I'm going to take a couple weeks away from ministering and let you enjoy your holidays. But we're going to talk this week about vessels of creativity. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless the hearers of these words. I bless every person that's hearing my voice. For they are accepted in the beloved. I release the spirit of adoption upon them. I release the spirit of creativity upon them. I release grace and peace upon them. And I declare healing over their bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say this confession. Say, I am alert. I am smart. I'm ready to hear. I'm ready to learn. I'll never be the same. I am a blessing to the world. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I want you to say that confession. You know, I want you to think of yourselves highly. Why? Why I want you to think highly of yourself? Not in an arrogant way, but Jesus said that you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. Jesus said you are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus said some of these things speaking through Paul, speaking through Moses. He said different things about you. Why? Because he wanted you to have confidence. How many think that you can pray for something and God will hear your prayers? A lot of people might ask me to pray, or they might get the pastor to pray, or they might get some of the women at the church to pray. But oftentimes I wonder how many people believe that God hears their prayers. Well, if you say you really don't think that God hear, hears your prayers, it's because you don't have faith in your faith. But I want you to say this. Say, I have faith in my faith. Say it again. I have faith in my faith. God is, <clears throat> God is no respecter to persons. If you meet the same condition that another person met to get his prayers or her prayers answered, you meet that same condition they met, God will do it for you just like he did it for them. Now, most people, you 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 know some people get their prayers answered. That's probably why you get, uh, get them to pray for you. And sometimes God will permit that when you're a baby Christian. But once you become settled in the word of God, he expects you to be weaned from the breast and they begin to eat food. They begin to eat meat. First baby food, then he wants you to eat steak. You know what I'm saying? So why I'm saying this, God wants you to be creative. He wants you to operate in the ability that he has put on the inside of you because you are a created vessel. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. Now, it starts with meditation on the word. Take the book of Ephesians. Read it line by line. Say it. Say that, that verse two or three times. And when it says you have or us, or you seated together with us, or, or you have this, or something that pertaining to something that you have. I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You can say that, and you don't get the spiritual benefit because you hadn't meditated on it to draw all the sap out of it. And so you have to take the word of God and meditate on it to draw the sap out of it 
then you'll have good success. Even in the old covenant, God told Joshua to meditate. Meditate means to say over and over again or to mutter. He told Joshua to meditate on the law day and night. After he'd done that, then he'll have success. Now, if God will say that to one person, if they meditated the word, they'll have success. You will have success if you do the same thing. Let's take a person that's fighting uh, a sickness. They might have a, a disease. They can overcome that disease if they meditated the word. If you take First Peter 2 and 24, and I'm going to quote it out, I'm going to quote it by memory, whom his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whom stripes we were healed. Well, if a person was sick, and they said that over and over and over again all day, I don't see nothing better to do than to say that all day if you're sick. If you have a terminal illness, you, you read Psalms 119 and see what David said, Lord, quicken me according to your word. Quicken me, make a lie. Quicken means to make alive according to whatever word it is. If God said Jesus became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich, and you fighting poverty, you need to meditate that word and say, Lord, you've delivered me from poverty. I declare that I'm rich. I am rich. And go about your day confessing that you're rich, that I have a full supply, that my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's if you need financial. And if you need healing, you'll say, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed, that you heal it all my diseases that you forgive it all my sins. You bore my sins in your body on the tree. Therefore, I don't have any. I am dead to sins and I'm alive unto righteousness. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I don't care what my body say. I consider not my body, but only what the Lord has said. By his stripes, I am healed. That's how you meditate the word. David would say in Psalms 119, it's a long song. I suggest that you read it. Quicken me according to thy word. Quicken me according to thy precepts. He say that all through there. What is David doing? He is meditating the word. He, he said he loved the word, his word. He always talking about the word, how the word prevent him from sleeping in the night watches. You know what I mean? He know more than the ancients and more than his teachers because he meditate in the word. It's only when you meditate in the word that you are able to create for yourself what the word says you have. You are able to create for your own self what the word says you have and for others what the word says you have. Hebrews 11 in that verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds, plural, were framed by the word of God. Now, you was created in God's image and God's likeness. Man was. God didn't create the dog after his image and likeness, or the rat, or the cat, out of his image and likeness. He reserved that privilege to man. We was created in his image and in his likeness. So when they say you're acting like God, you say, exactly. I'd rather act like God than act like the devil. When they say, uh, well, these prosperity preachers, you say, exactly. I'd rather be a prosperity preacher than a poverty preacher. Hallelujah. The streets are paved with gold. God is not El Chipo. Hallelujah. God would not leave you sick. God would not leave you poor. God is the healer. He sent his word and healed you and delivered you out of 
your distresses. He did it with words. And your words, God's words in your mouth would create the thing that is written. The word must be made flesh within you. The first Adam was a living soul. The second Adam was a quickening spirit, and that spirit is on the inside of you. For the Lord is that spirit, and what the spirit of the Lord is, and he's on the inside of you, there is liberty. Liberty from what? Liberty from religiosity. Liberty from poverty. Liberty from sickness. Liberty from oppression. All of my children are taught of the Lord, and great is their peace. They are far from oppression, and fear cannot come not them. You see, how, you see how Isaiah 54 just rolls out of my spirit? That comes from meditation. See, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. See, the word of God is going to cause the thing that is to become the not, and the thing that not to become the is. Oh, you missed that. Your mind is alert. Your mind is quick. For the spirit of God is a quickening spirit. I said the word of God is going to bring what is to not and what not to is. He's going to make what is written come to pass. And not only what is written, you've got the creative ability on the inside of you to create what you want. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He'll also give you what you want. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. So the words of God and the words of your godly desires on the inside of you will bring things that you need, for you are a creative vessel. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again on this Tuesday morning. We're talking about vessels of creativity. Say this, say my mind, my spirit is alert. Say I'm extremely alert. Say I'm ready to learn. Say I'm ready to succeed. I'm ready to be built by the word of God and I'll never be the same. Say this, say I am redeemed of the Lord. I am strong and I have to say so. Brothers and sisters, it is written in the word of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. Now, I also want you to say this. Say, I have to say so because I'm a child of God. Say this. Say, I have to say so because I'm a son of God. You are a son of God. That, that includes your, women, your, your ladies also because that's how God did it. He, in the beginning, he created male and female and called their name Adam. So <laughs> women are also sons of God. But that's neither here nor there. That's just me giving wisdom. You know, the interest of thy word bring it light, bring it understanding. Hallelujah. So if you ever hear somebody say sons of God, they're talking about women too. So I can say you're a daughter of God, your sons of God is the same thing. But you have to say so wherever you choose to exercise your authority. You have the ability to create your own world. You have the ability to change the circumstances wherever you are. Because behold, the Lord has given you authority, I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
So if you don't like the way it's going, create a new reality. You know, Hollywood and the people that write those TV shows, they're creative. Oh, you got to admit it. Even if it's a demonic show, you have to give them kudos for their creativity. Well, that creativity is coming from a spirit. And it ain't the spirit of God, some of them. But some people do get their creativity from the spirit of God. So God's spirit is, is a creative spirit. But the, I'm going to be honest with you, Satan's spirit is creative too. It creates evil. <laughs> but God's spirit creates good. But you're able to create your own circumstances by your words. Why do you think they battle for wording and, and things on the movies? They're trying to influence you through your eye gate. You think that stuff don't affect you? It does. They influence your thoughts, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you perceive things. If you look at the wrong thing long enough, you will begin to call good evil. And you will begin to call evil good because if you see good uh, being presented as evil and evil being presented as good long enough, it'll change your consciousness. Hallelujah. So, Words are extremely powerful, and words is able to create a narrative. If you have the word, wrong words going forth, it'll create a false narrative or satanic narrative. If you have the right words coming forth, it'll create a godly narrative or the correct narrative. Well, in Psalms 32 and 7, it says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Salah. So the writer of this psalm, I don't know if it's David or Moses, he is saying to the Lord that the Lord, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. Now, the reason I chose this scripture, one time one of my friends, he was very sick. And, and uh, they, you know, you know, when you be that sick, they give you, Years, maybe two, you know how they talk. They try to prophesy a time frame, and I can't blame them. They're only doing it according to medical science. But if you understand that the word of God is more powerful than your body, you remember I touched on yesterday that worlds were framed by the word of God? So that means the word of God is more powerful than your physical body. That means the word of God is more powerful than any diagnosis. That means the word of God will deliver you when it's applied properly. For God sent his word and healed you. The problem is most people don't apply the word. They apply what Medical science say say to do, and that's fine to a certain extent until you come up against a situation that medical science can't help you with. See, even in the Bible, the lady with the issue of blood, medical science had done all that they could do, and she had been troubled many things of many physicians, and evidently it took a lot of her money. But when she touched the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ, the healing virtue flowed through her body. For she said, for she said, 
that if I shall touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now, the power was released by her powerful confession. You will have whatsoever you said. Let me read this Psalm 32 and 7 again. It says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. When I went to church Sunday, I noticed that all the songs that they were playing, if, if you want to see it, go to YouTube and uh, type in Life Church. There's a lot of Life Church. Try to get the one in Mobile. I need to, I need to look up the handle. And listen to the praise and worship and listen to the songs they are singing. And I know they did it on purpose. They are singing songs that are scripture. They are actually singing the scriptures. And right here in this psalm, it says, he shall compass me about with songs. S-O-N-G-S. Songs of deliverance. In the Old Covenant, God said a certain uh, family, I think the sons of Asap, Asap, A-S-A-P-H, I believe. Well, they prophesied through song. They prophesied through song. Now, this guy I was going to tell you about before I took a segue, friend, good friend of mine for years, helped me when I got born again, brought me to the help me get born again. Well, I used to be on the phone with him, encouraging him, and I used to all, all, always sing this song. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. And, and I kept singing that, that we were going to see a victory because the enemy was prophesying doom and gloom. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. And then Sunday they saw the next song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. See, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. So God, one of his ways of delivering you is to sing songs of deliverance, singing the word of God. Now, if you notice, they'll take a song when a person is a child, and they'll make the alphabet out of a song, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That helps them to learn it. One place God told Moses to teach them this song. So you need to get, when you're going through a battle, if you're poor, find songs that sing of prosperity. If you're sick, find songs that sing of healing. Hallelujah and victory and God's faithfulness. See, my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And those songs, it creates an atmosphere of of victory. It creates an atmosphere of angelic activity. For the angels of the Lord hearkens unto the word of the Lord, unto the voice of God. See, when the prophet would get ready to release the word of the Lord, they always call for singers. And those singers will begin to sing, and when they begin singing praises to God, guess what happens? Blessings come down. And when you begin to sing what God has already prophesied to you, I know it was the blood for me. That's an old school. Don't sing songs of defeat. I'm just a nobody. You're not a nobody anymore. You are somebody. You've been made righteousness by the blood of Jesus. So God is singing songs of deliverance 
and you need to get these songs of creativity in your mouth. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again. Hallelujah. We're talking about vessels of creativity. Say this. Say, I have faith in my faith. Say it again. Say, I have faith in my faith. Say, I am a creative vessel. Say this. Say, creativity is on the inside of me. Say this. Say, my mind is alert. My mind is quick. My mind is sharp. My mind is fast. Christ is building himself into me now. I am being built by Christ, and I'll never be the same. Brothers and sisters, if you missed that, rewind it and say it again. Hallelujah. Well, brothers and sisters, the Lord wants you to know that he has ordained you for such a time as this, and he has put his word on the inside of you, and he can only put in you now what you put into you, whether whether you read it or you receiving it now, but God has put his word on the inside of you to create a powerhouse. Why? Because he wants you to go into all the world and dominate and usher in his presence. And all of this is done by words. When Jesus Christ rebuked the sea, when, they, when the disciples, when the wind was contrary, I guess it was a hurricane or a tropical storm out there on the sea, which Satan was creating, because it was the money act on that very other seashore that they was going to help. So Satan operating through that demonic power was causing that sea to be contrary. You know, I tend to believe when hurricanes, the way they've been stirred up recently, I, be, I, I believe in the spirit realm that it's witches and warlocks prophesying against the waters because the children of this world are wiser than the children of light, but that ought not to be so. They're not going to be wiser than me and you. So what they do is they prophesy over the waters and they create turmoil and they create havoc because they're getting instructions from their father, the devil, and the works of their father they will do. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So because the wind was contrary, it wasn't from God. It wasn't God sending the wind to punish them from some kind of sin. It was Satan sending the wind to try to kill the children of God. But what did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind with what? With words. Hallelujah. When Jesus cast out devils, how did he do it? With words. When Jesus healed the sick, how did he do it? With words. Words were given to you to dominate circumstances. Words was given to you to create a new reality. But you have to remember that your adversary also used words to create his reality. The atmosphere in a home, the atmosphere on the job is either good or bad according to the words that are spoken in that place. I could go to your home, I could go upon your job or my job or my home, and I can tell immediately what kind of words has been spoken by the spirit that I feel in that place. You know, when you when you go to church, if there's been a lot of prayer in that church, when you walk in the door, you're gonna feel the presence of God. You know, I this was my um uh, my custom for years before I started having a bunch of kids and had to get them together. I would go to church early like an hour or two hours early, and I pray 
around the congregation for about an hour and a half. And I release words, good words, words of, of edification, words of blessing. Not praying, oh, Lord, you see that they wicked. Not those kind of prayers that you hear people pray sometimes. Lord, they wicked, help them, Lord. Lord, they sin and help them. No, not those kind of prayers. That don't do anything. Lord, your anointing is stronger than the devil. Hallelujah. And the power of darkness is broken off of your people. Blindness is broken. Did you know that the word of God teaches that if our gospel is hid, is hid to them who are lost, whom the God of this world has blinded? Let me give you a secret, brothers and sisters, on how you get loved ones delivered. You call that loved one out and say, Lord, it's not your will, Lord, that this person shall perish. You call a name out to the Lord. Because it is written, it's not God's will that any should perish. And you say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of blindness. For it is written, if the, if the, if the gospel is here, is here to them who are lost, whom the God of this world have blinded. Satan is the God of this world. So what you're doing is you're setting the captives free by binding the spirit of blindness. You bind that spirit over that person, and you bind the spirit of addiction, the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of homongering, the spirit of, of, of harlotry, whatever it is. You bind it in the name of Jesus Christ, and then you loose. I loose, I loose the spirits of purity. I loose the spirit of, 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 of grace because they're saved by grace. Through faith. I, I surround them with faith and love. I lose faith and love around that person. I lose grace around that person. You cannot make them get saved, but you can bind the spirits that's hindering them from being saved. And when you do this daily, it might take you five months, six months, a year. But if you do it daily and do it with a pure heart, I can promise you, I can promise you that that person will be delivered. They will get delivered, but a, but most people are not consistent. They're not consistent in this administration. See, you are called to create an atmosphere around that person because you are a vessel of creativity. When you're binding those spirits of addiction, when you're binding those spirits of blindness, when you're binding those, those spirits of harlotry, those spirits of adultery, those spirits of anger and violence, I bind these spirits in the name of Jesus, and I surround this person with faith and love. I take authority over the spirit of blindness, and I claim them for the kingdom of God, and I decree that laborers are going to minister to them. God might send the mailman. You never know. He might send me to minister to your son and minister to your daughter, because most of the time they're not going to listen to their family member anyway. And see, that's what we're really called to do. We're called to be soldiers in the army of the Lord, to set the captives free. That's how you do it. And you do this over neighborhoods. You do this over churches. Let's suppose your church not experiencing church growth, and it should be. Do you know that God wants your church to grow? Do you know God see your church? When more people come into the Lord, the church is going to grow. Well, Satan don't want the church to grow, right? So he could be uh, putting things in, oh, they prejudice. You see what I'm saying? Oh, oh they, they, they think they better than everybody. So you, you say, Lord, I bind the spirit of gossip and slander that's hindering people from coming to my church. The spirit of racism, the spirit of gossip, the spirit of misunderstanding, the spirit of slander that's hindering people to come to the church and benefit from the, from the things of God.
And I decree that the power of Satan is broken and that God is put on display and that men and women are coming to our churches in masses and that when they come, Lord, you're going to give us a rhema word. You're going to give us a word specifically designed for them. Move upon us, Lord. Cause us to excel to edification. Paul said he wanted us to excel to edification. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God wants us to be victorious. God wants us to be winners and not lose. He wants us to break in people. How? By using the power of God. Glory, glory be to God. Well, we still have 1 Corinthians and um, at verse 28. Well, rather, let's go to verse 26. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, how did not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God have chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God have chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised have God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That's how God does it. He chooses things that are not to bring to naught things that are. That's how God does it. He does it with his people practicing warfare, warm for the sin of man, warm for the sin of woman. Not only that, warm for the things that you God has promised you, like your healing and your finances. Brothers and sisters, the keys of victory is right on our nose. Hallelujah. You have the ability to create with your tongue because your tongue is a creative force. I have a lot to say, brothers and sisters, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you one more time. We're talking about vessels of creativity. <clears throat> Did you know that Peter in the Bible is considered a ignorant and unlearned man. The people that knew him, they consider him to be an ignorant and unlearned man. The type of guy who would be on the boat butt naked. That's the kind of guy he was. God probably wear shorts into the temple or something. They thought he was ignorant and unlearned. But when they saw that the Spirit of God moved upon him, he even wrote a book in the Bible. Those words don't look like the words of an ignorant an unlearned man do it. Say this. Say, I have creative ability on the inside of me. Say this. Say, my mind is sharp. My mind is quick. My mind is alert. I am alert. I am a major blessing. Say this. I have faith in my faith. Say it again. I have faith in my faith. Did you know that the Abraham's blessings are, are yours? God said he'll make you a blessing. So he told Abraham that. That's why I said he told you that. Abraham's blessings are yours. Abraham was very rich. Abraham's blessings are yours. Everything in the Bible is yours when you create it by your confession. You only get out of the word of God what you create. And you create it by your confession. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, it says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, 
Now, let me show you how to meditate the word. It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. In other words, that means God, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, is him that actually sent Christ, is him that actually gave you the mindset to confess him as Lord. See, but of God are ye in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ because of God. Now, because you are in Christ, you need to confess, I am in Christ. See, see, people read the word of God too fast. There's nothing wrong reading fast, but you need to meditate the word. You need to take this word today and look at it. Don't let it slip from before your eyes. Don't just hear it. You need to look at it, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. You need to look at it for 5 or 10 minutes, 20 minutes, all day. Uh, uh, do a little work, then look at it again. Put your eyes on it. And say, I am in Christ Jesus. I am in Christ Jesus. I say that about 30 or 40 times. You know, not right away, but say it five times. I am in Christ Jesus. Pause. I am in Christ Jesus. Pause. I am in Christ Jesus. Pause. I am in Christ Jesus. Say it, brothers and sisters. I am in Christ Jesus. Then you get the second part of that verse. Who of God is made unto us wisdom. Man, Jesus, I'm in Christ Jesus, and he is of God, but he has made unto me wisdom. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my wisdom. Say that off and on all day. I have the wisdom of God. Now, what you're doing is you didn't have it, but now you're having it because you're saying that you're having it. You are creating wisdom within you. You are creating it by your confession. You are a creative vessel. You have the ability to create whatever you say wherever you are because you are an ambassador of Christ. See, you would have to confess that off and on all day till you're convinced that you are an ambassador of Christ. And when you know that you are an ambassador of Christ, you understand that an ambassador means a representative from another country. In the book of Psalms 119, David, I mean, I think David wrote, he said, I sang songs of, of deliverance, songs of uh, praise in my pilgrimage, songs of, of deliverance. You know, it's in there a couple of times, in my pilgrimage. Look that up, songs in my pilgrimage. In other words, he know that his true home is from heaven. He know that the wisdom of God is on the inside of him. Well, but the only way you'll get a revelation of that is is your confession. You will never rise above your confession. And I want to tell you another secret. Nobody gets born again until somebody prays for them. Nobody gets delivered until somebody prays for them. Nobody gets set free until somebody prays for them. How many are willing to sit, uh, pay the price? And the price I'm saying, I'm not even asking you to fast. I'm just asking you to, to practice prayer, binding and loosening. Binding the evil spirits, dedicate a portion of your day to prayer. How many are willing to do it? Do you want to see your loved ones delivered? Do you want to see your country delivered? Do you want to see your city delivered, your church growing, your church influencing the community? It won't happen unless we start breaking the powers of, of, of demons off of families. Choose a section of the city. Bind the powers of darkness over them and, and be diligent. Press the wall. It took, it took five years to win World War II. You have to press the battle. 
except the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In the Old Testament, they picked up a sword, and they picked up a spear, and, and they picked up a shield, and they had the helmet on, and they had the breastplate on, and they went to war, and they did it in the literal sense. And they shed the blood in the literal sense for the forgiveness of sins. They did everything literally. Even Samuel the prophet, he had to pull out his sword and kill a man because Saul would not do what God told him to do. Well, we still got the same marching orders in the, in the army of the Lord. Did you know that David was a warrior? Imagine this man, a man singing songs to God being a warrior. See, you think warriors just cuss and drink and chew and hang with them that do. David was a, a warrior. He was in the army, brothers and sisters. Imagine your king. Imagine the president of your country, a general on the front line fighting and singing for the Lord and declaring the things of God. What, what, what a country we'll have if, if people did that. What senators we'll have. What, what governors we'll have. Mayors we'll have. Councilmen we'll have if they sung the songs of deliverance. If they sung the songs of the Lord. If they pull down strongholds from a physical place of authority, using their authority and declaring out of that over the city. Hallelujah. But if they won't do it, we got men and women that will do it. And that's you and me. We got to take our place. We got to press the battle. Well, but let me go back to what I was saying. See, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who is made unto us wisdom. Now, you already have the wisdom when you confess that you have it. When you confess that you have it, you're going to know that you have it. And you are an ambassador of Christ. You are a God who was made unto us wisdom. And he, Jesus is what? And righteousness. That's in that same verse. Jesus is your righteousness. In Corinthians, it said that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were made righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ Jesus. Jesus is your righteousness. You need to confess that all day to day, off and on. Jesus is your sanctification in this scripture. He is your sanctification. You're not sanctified by what you wear. You're not sanctified by what you don't wear. It, it, it has nothing to do with it. Now, you should dress modest in modest apparel, but that don't have nothing to do with your sanctification. People think sanctification is clothing. Sanctification was done by the blood of Jesus on the cross. Jesus is your sanctification. You need to confess it. You need to believe it. And when you start confessing these things, you're going to know that you have wisdom. You're going to know that you have righteousness. You're going to know that you have sanctification. And the last part it is, and redemption. Now, let me read that whole verse. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, you can just read over that and go to the next chapter and never meditate it on. But Jesus is your redemption. You are redeemed. You what you're redeemed from, you're redeemed from hell. You have eternal life. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. This is made real unto you. As you acknowledge every good thing that is in you through Christ Jesus. If you don't acknowledge it, it won't be a reality to you. See, you have the ability to dominate and create wherever you are because you are an ambassador of Christ. Your righteousness, you are taking Jesus' place in the earth realm. The power of God is on the inside of you. 
So fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. War for your family and get the victory. Brothers and sisters, I have a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. Glad to be with you again. I hope you have a great holiday. After today, I'm going to let y'all enjoy yourselves. I want you to have fun. I want you to speak positive. Be a blessing. Have some joy. Have some peace. Let it be upon you in the name of Jesus. I want you to say this with me. It's going to be a great season. It's going to be a great year coming up. I am intelligent. My mind is quick. My spirit is alert. And I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You need to have a good confession, brothers and sisters. You'll never rise above your confession. For it is written, you have what you say. You have not because you ask, ask not. Or, or it could be written too. You have not because you confess not. You will have what you say. That's what it says according to Mark 11, 23, 24 in that range. <clears throat> Let's go to Isaiah, the 62nd chapter. Isaiah 62 and at verse 6, it reads, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, O Mobile, O Houston, O Dallas, O Pensacola, wherever this word is going, O Atlanta, O Birmingham. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Years ago, Prophet Sumlin came into town, and uh, he, he gave me a lot of words, accurate. But he gave me one. I was young in the Lord. I didn't understand. He said, Behold, the Lord has set thee as a watchman. And I didn't know what that was for years. And I don't know why. I, why I didn't just ask him. You know, but he said, The Lord has set me as a watchman. Well, right here, it says, I have set watchmen upon the walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Why is the prophet Isaiah saying this? Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. In other words, we got to win the narrative. See, the enemy want to silence you. A lot of people think, well, I just didn't say nothing. Well, I didn't learn to hold my peace. Did you learn to hold your peace or did you become a coward? You know, we have a lot of Christians that have become cowards. When you start coming against what's wrong, they hold their peace. And I'm not saying that you got to fight my battles, that you have the same anointing I have. But, you know, sometimes you can't hold your peace. I remember Esther said that. Can't hold your peace at a time such as this. Some things got to be challenged. You're just going to have to take the persecution. See, you're holding your peace a lot of times because you don't want the persecution that goes with it. Because it is some things that are going to bring a persecution. Why? Because the narrative in whatever you want to apply what I'm saying, this, is, this can be applied threefold. I might not be talking about what you think I'm talking about. See, but it can be applied in many different situations. World War II, 
A lot of people died because good men said nothing. They want to remain neutral. But but Isaiah is saying, he said, Watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. They're going to prophesy. They're going to speak into the situations that need to be spoken into. They're not going to let wickedness go on wherever they are, wherever their realm of influence, wherever they're called to minister. Wherever they're called to be a, a prayer warrior, wherever they, whoever they call influence, they're not going to hold their peace. They're never going to hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent and give him no rest. Don't give the Lord rest. Don't give him rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. How many love that word? Let me read that again. This 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 word rejoices my soul. It rejoices my heart. I meditated on it. Same way I was teaching you to meditate on yesterday. I want you to get this word in your spirit and make it yours. And, and you don't have to make it a city. Make it your home. Make it your children. Make it your wife, husband. Make it your cat, dog, whatever you want to dominate. Make it your job. I have set watchmen. You are the watchman. You are the ambassador of Christ, wherever you are. You are that ambassador of Christ. My sheep hear my voice. People say, I ain't called to be a prophet. Well, you called to hear the voice of God. You called to have the gift of prophecy. I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of his word. The angels hearken unto the voice of his word. We have a more sure word of prophecy. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Mobile, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not solid. <clears throat> Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Keep not solid. For the Lord shall put his words in your mouth, your, his prayers. Ask him what he wants you to pray over these situations. Don't let the devil dominate. Don't let the devil win. Keep not solid. Don't let the devil win and give him no rest. Don't give the Lord rest. You remember that woman in, in Luke 18 who didn't give the unrighteous uh, judge rest? She didn't give him any rest until he avenged her of her adversary. <clears throat> so God is saying through the prophet Isaiah, and give him no rest. Don't give God any rest till he established, until he make Jerusalem a praise in earth. Don't give him rest till he makes your household a praise in earth, till he makes your neighborhood a praise in earth till he make your church a praise in earth, till he make your city a praise in earth. Don't give the Lord any rest. He don't sleep anyway. Hallelujah. So you got to be persistent. Let's go to Nehemiah 4 and 14. Now in the book of Nehemiah, they was building the wall. God had sent them back to build the wall, and they was facing all kind of opposition. You're going to face opposition. Let me tell you something. Just because that son don't get all cracked, Within two months, you keep on warring because you're winning. The devil don't want you to know you're winning. You need to read the book of Nehemiah. He don't want you to know you're winning. He's going to try to give you some setbacks. He's going to try to stop you from rebuilding the wall. But you are a restorer of the breach. You are a repairer of the breach. You are a restorer of the paths to dwell in, according to the book of Isaiah. I don't know exactly where it's at, but it's in there. You are a restorer of the breach. You're going to put... Uh, uh, more martyr. You're going to, what, what that breach is in the wall, spiritually, you're going to repair that. You're going to pull the strongholds off these people. 
you're going to put this thing back together. See, I got a word from the Lord that the Lord has, uh, uh, ordered me to put the fragments back together. And I'm releasing this word unto you. You're going to put it back together. Nehemiah 4 and 14, it says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your house. Fight for them. Fight for them. For the weapons of all warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. You pull the strongholds down by binding the spirit of blindness. That's the first spirit you're going to bind because that's what making them not see. That's what making them act a fool, the spirit of blindness. Then you identify what kind of habits they got, whether it's an adultery, homongering spirit, whether it's a spirit of rebellion. They just rebel against everything you say. A, a, a spirit of inattentiveness, indifference, but they indifferent to the word of God. You'd be like, yeah, the Lord said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's a spirit of indifference. What is a spirit of intimidation? They try to intimidate you. Whatever it is, you're going to bind that spirit. Why? Because you're setting them free. They are held captive by a demonic enemy. See, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against demons, against principalities. See, you're going to fight for your brethren your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Don't be afraid of those demonic powers. Don't be afraid of the nobles and rulers. See, it said one place, I think in Psalm 149, the privilege of the saints is to bind the nobles with chains and the kings with feathers of iron. This privilege have all his saints. You are an ambassador. You are drafted into the army of the Lord, and Jesus Christ is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts means Lord of armies. You have the ability to create a new life for them you can influence. Be blessed. I'll see you in a couple of weeks.